0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: When do you ever get a job where someone says, do whatever you want? You're like, they're going to trick me. Something bad? This isn't funny. I don't know. But then Jacques was laughing and I was like, okay, I'll make Jacques laugh. And then the camera operators would sometimes laugh and I'd be like, okay, they see a lot. All right, if they're laughing, I think I'm doing a good job. And then when I saw the first season, I was like, oh, okay. They literally want me to do whatever I want.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we're breaking down the state of the 2022 Emmys race and chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year, and there are plenty of them. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and I got a little question uh, to get the episode started here. Who's ready for a little reality check? That is the topic of today's episode, which includes my conversation with the Very funny, Nicole Byer. She has three nominations this year, writing for a variety special for her comedy special, Nicole Byer, BBW, Big Beautiful Weirdo, and uh, as it relates to reality, as executive producer and host of Nailed It. So we have that interview and a little later, uh, I had an exclusive chat backstage uh, after the cast of Hacks performed a script read last week of their season two finale. We'll hear from Gene Smart, Hannah Einbinder, Paul W. Jen Statsky and Lucia Agnello a little bit later, but back to reality and to welcome my guest co-host today, EW Editor-in-Chief Patrick Gomez. Hey there, Patrick. How goes?
3: I'm good, Jared. I am so jealous you got to go to that Hacks event. I had Uh. another event across town that I could not go to that one, and it seemed like the coolest FYC event that there will ever be. Uh, so very jealous.
2: That's what I kept telling them, too. It was such a a, a unique thing. What's really cool is that um, they, the cast, have never had a script read together. All of their scripts, their table reads for both seasons have been virtual. So it was even a it was even a first for them, which um, they kind of like some of them got a little emotional. It was they were just like, it's just weird to be like in this kind of environment, um, you know. Um, getting to be with everyone who we don't, you know, get to see very often Um, because even when they're filming, Hannah said it's maybe like four of them at most, you know, they, it's never like all of the cast is together in one place. So um, it was a really cool event. Um, And and you'll get to hear a little bit of that we also have some video of it by the way up at ew.com if all of you want to check that out it's it's really cool stuff but um patrick let's talk reality you and i both watch a lot of it (laughs) maybe i watch more of it than i should but you know what it's it's easy viewing i suppose um it can be super exciting because there are competitions and it's just uh you know getting to see people be a little crazy and wacky sometimes too
3: I agree. I mean, you know, I I think a lot of times reality gets uh, kind of treated like the sideshow. Um, But but to be honest, like, I have a weekly viewing uh, party for either Survivor or Big Brother, depending right now we're doing the Challenge USA as part of Big Brother Summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like book club for us. We'll pause and we'll talk about the strategies that's going on. And like, if somebody made the right choice or who's annoying us or who made a really strong move that we're like, God, Darn it, I hate them, but uh, <laughs> but I, I have to give it to them. That was a smart yeah. move. I mean, there's so much to devour with with uh, reality, sometimes even more um, than scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, scripted is kind of a passive experience of viewing a lot yep. more than I think reality is something that you can really get a lot more involved in. Um, yeah, really and, interactive. And- yeah, it's really interactive, particularly the competition shows, but but all of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I I'm not a I have nothing against it, but I I don't keep up with the housewives uh, in terms of like watching every episode. But mm-hmm. I also know people that treat that like book club and oh yeah. pause and say oh my god, I can't believe this happened. So it it uh, you know I think that it's it's still appointment viewing in a way that a lot of other TV yeah. isn't anymore.
2: Yeah. Housewives has just taken on a whole other life of its own. It's it's become bigger than itself. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these shows, you know, and I'm, I'm reminded of even at South by Southwest this year, I moderated um, a, a panel on um, reality shows that have exploded beyond the TV screens. Shows like Nailed It and uh, American Ninja Warrior, where people are like participating in the show essentially at home or Top Chef. People are, you know, making these dishes or people are making the cakes from Nailed It or people have made, uh, you know, jungle gyms in their backyards for their kids, uh, or there are actual American Ninja Warrior gyms. So yeah, it's, um, reality is, is, uh, you know, some people say a guilty pleasure, but honestly, I, it's just a pleasure. I I just love reality and, and I love all kinds of scripted stuff too. The point is there's way too much
3: TV. (laughs) Um, yes. I mean, you know, looking at these, looking at these nominee lists, there's so many other shows that could have been included, not because any of these aren't deserving, but just, there's just so much
2: so so much well let's get into some of them there are four uh reality based categories uh and we're going to start with um the one that will be handed out in the main emmy ceremony outstanding competition program the nominees are the amazing race lizzo's watch out for the big girls which is the first time in 16 years that the first season of a reality show has gotten into this category nailed it rupaul's drag race which is the winner from the last five years top chef and the voice um important to remember Remember here, Top Chef, The Voice and The Amazing Race have all won in this category before. But once RuPaul's Drag Race started winning in 2017, no one's been able to touch it. Do you think this particular season, it's for season 14, the one that felt like it lasted two
3: years. Do you think they? uh, it's just a a lock that they're going to win again? Well, first of all, you know people love to make fun of how long these RuPaul Drag Race seasons feel like they <laughs> yeah. go on. But I'm also like the longer seasons started during the pandemic when none of us had anything yep. else to do. Particularly season 13, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's been forever!" I'm like, "What else? Like this is a gift they're giving us. Let's not complain yeah, about fair. it." But mm-hmm. do love that it's become uh, become the meme is to, to talk about how old we've all become over one season of Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that Drag Race has going for it is that usually when the season that they submit which i believe is traditionally the normal season mm-hmm. of drag yeah. race not the all star season there's an all star season running during or right before mm-hmm. voting starts i mean yep. there's a there's a all there's an all star season running during or right before voting starts and i think that because you're seeing fan favorites and all of that it really helps them uh mm-hmm. secure a win and so that was the case this year we had the um all winners season of all star so it's like yeah the even better season of All-Stars than ever before. So I could definitely see that helping them. That said, uh, I know Lizzo, like you said, it it broke out in a way that no other show really has. And so perhaps just being the new kid on the block might help uh, Lizzo. You know, I've come to terms with the fact that Survivor's like apparently never gonna win this Uh award. And it's, yeah. even though it's like the original and it's so deserving, um, but mm-hmm. the fact that it didn't even get nominated this year, like hurts my heart. The fact that I don't, I believe I'd have to fact check this, but I don't think Jeff Probst, I know we'll talk about hosts in a while, but the fact that Jeff Probst has never been nominated, what yeah, he does is never. so difficult and he really created the mold for everyone else. And so I just mm-hmm. have to get a shout out to Survivor. It's still one of the best produced shows out there. And uh, I am shocked that it's not on here. But yeah, I think it's definitely between Drag Race and and Lizzo's oh, Watch Out for the Big Girls. I don't know. What do you think, though?
2: Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, there are obviously a lot of Lizzo fans out there. She's a big name. Uh, she's not nominated for host, not necessarily that I expected her to be. And you don't need to be to also win here. But um, I could I could absolutely see that happening. You know, this season of, of Drag Race also, it is worth noting that there uh Uh, were five transgender uh, drag queens on the season. Some of them uh, had already come out as trans. Some of them came out as trans on the season uh, during the show. And then some while it was airing. So it's a really significant story that is told in that season. Um, I will say, though, I feel like the majority of that storytelling was done on Untucked, which is also nominated. Um, but of course, it did play into the regular show. And and I think people will kind of think of, uh, you know, kind of it's kind of a two for one in those regards. I think, uh, I mean, I think I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the safe bet here and, and say that Drag Race is going to win again.
3: Yeah, I'll have to give a shout out to Amazing Race, though, because they this was the oh season gosh. that they paused for the pandemic. Yeah. They were literally in the middle of the race. Uh, they had to uh, pause the race, send everyone home, restart yeah. months later uh, with some of the yep. cast not returning. And it ended up being a really fantastic mm-hmm. season. Yep. Um, even though they were limited in the yep. challenges they could do, it limited in the way that they had yeah. to fly. They all of a sudden were flying private everywhere and had to really stick to like really rural areas. Um, and so you know kudos to them for making it a fantastic season despite all those or maybe because of all those parameters uh, but they really rolled with the punches there um, as the rest of the world did uh, but you know kudos to them i think i think a lot of these other shows had it a little little easier because they could exist in a bubble amazing race the whole thing is to be out in the world and so kudos to them too but yeah i i think if i had to put money on something i'd, I'd say drag race
2: Mm-hmm. I'm constantly impressed by what they do on the Amazing Race. So I, I, I by the way, say just give them all of the awards. Um, <laughs> let's talk outstanding structured reality. This is a, a, a reality show that has a format that they stick to pretty much, you know, for every episode. The nominees are Antiques Roadshow, Fixer Upper, Welcome Home. That is the return of that show on uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines' Magnolia Network. Love is Blind. Queer Eye, uh, season five. They have won for all of their first four seasons. And Shark Tank. How are you feeling about this one?
3: I mean, Jared, you know I'm Shark Tank obsessed. Uh, so <laughs> <I do> know. <laughs> uh, you know, you I, know, I love that show. I will say, I think, you know, I think Queer Eye and Love Is Blind do a little bit more to like break the molds of of outstanding structured reality and so i think you know to that they seem more interesting candidates here for me for winners Mm -hmm. that's not to say that any are more deserving or less deserving i think it's just when you look at shark tank uh it's definitely the most formulaic of all of these and so to me it only it doesn't get the win just because it like exists in its box it's a super fun Mm -hmm. show and out of all of them it's probably the one that i would watch like, if I had all five of these or, uh, yeah, all five of these on my DVR, I probably would watch Shark Tank first, but that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> I think it, like, pushes boundaries or, like, you know, yeah. is is maybe the most deserving of of a trophy. Mm-hmm. Queer Eye continues to be Queer Eye, and that's fantastic. I think mm-hmm. had it not won last season, I'd say, oh, it's kind of going to always be nominated but not win again. But the fact that it even won after, I think, the initial fervor for the show had died down yeah. a little bit, Um, I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, it could just be similar to drag race where it's just continually rewarded and it's not that it's undeserving. It's just, I would not think that it was a shoe in, um, if it hadn't also won for season four, which I think again, solid season, but Mm -hmm. fervor had died down all of that. Uh, and, and love is blind. I'm happy to see it here because what they do is really, really interesting and complex. And I think and wildly unique wildly unique kinetic is the production company behind it um they also uh work on uh, a bunch of other shows like the 90 day fiance show like mm-hmm. all of those yeah. um and i think what they do is really really difficult and not always rewarded so i was really happy to see to see love is blind here
2: yeah I completely agree with you uh on that love is blind is the one that i was like oh like That's fantastic. Good for them uh, that they got nominated because the show is just, uh, you know, for those who haven't seen it, the uh, the the uh, sure we'll call them contestants. um, They cannot see each other and only speak to each other through like rooms. Uh, They have a wall that they can talk to each other through, but they obviously cannot see each other and they decide who they want to get engaged to based just on conversations they can't see each other and then they meet and uh get to spend time with each other and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't uh from season one the one that did not work out was wildly dramatic and um uh went to some places i think that viewers did not expect it was going to go to uh on the verge of uh perhaps violent um but uh tensions definitely flared but but got calmed down um that show is just—it's—it's uh, it's bananas, and I love it, and uh, I'm so happy for them.
3: It's way better than yeah. it deserves to be. <laughs> like yeah. on paper, you're just like, Truly. oh, that sounds like early 2000s like trash, <laughs> and yep. it's really not. It's complex. Nope. It's it like dives into a lot of um, relationship areas that, again, to your point, you wouldn't think uh, it would. Uh, and uh, also incredibly diverse ahead of ahead of the yeah. like the like the first season kind of came out before that was something that people were unfortunately before people were paying close enough attention to it mm-hmm. um and yet it still was made sure that it was incredibly diverse cast and and i think that kinetic actually has always done that with their shows which i'm really yep. impressed by um, yeah. and so just, uh, to see them rewarded here, I think, I, I think it's, I think the nomination is their win, but I'm glad to mm-hmm. see the nomination. Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, one of these, uh, another Netflix reality show, uh, I guess it would have been eligible for competition program. I would have loved to have seen nominated is the circle. I love oh, that yes. show so much. Uh, the, but anyway, yeah, the, both
3: shows, both shows <laughs> about people not getting to see each other's faces. Uh, right. Uh.
2: It's, it's, I love them. Uh, okay. Outstanding unstructured reality program. These are the ones that are more like docu-series capturing whatever happens and uh you know going with the story uh the nominees are below deck mediterranean cheer love on the spectrum rupaul's drag race untucked which is last year's winner and selling sunset i know you're a huge selling sunset <laughs> i do love selling sunset it's gotten way more into the personal lives i do miss a lot of the um, amazing home stuff but Cheer, this is for season two, which dealt with uh, the fallout of Jerry uh, being arrested, charged, tried for uh, sex crimes involving child pornography. uh, So they had to deal with that. Um, uh, They were also dealing with the pandemic and trying to, you know, get back to nationals and all of that. And... um, uh, and, you know, really bringing in a uh, a neighboring competing college um, that may or may not have won the season. If you haven't seen, I'm not going to tell you. Um, I don't know. I think I, I guess I just go with Untucked again for this one.
3: It's, yeah, it's it's so interesting. I think this one's one of the harder ones because yep. there are, similar to like how Shark Tank is a lot more structured than these those other structured programs, I feel like, this unstructured it's just it's such a broad spectrum you know not to steal a word from one of the nominees but it's such a broad spectrum of of programming you know Mm -hmm. love on the spectrum is a docu-series in a way that below deck mediterranean and selling sunset are but aren't Um, right yeah
2: (laughs) love on the spectrum by the way phenomenal show
3: Yes. uh, Agreed. And just, again, the storytelling that they tell, it it just goes in unexpected directions. And it's, you know, I think, obviously, the most uh, intriguing reality for a lot of people is um, letting you in in a world that you're not incredibly familiar with. And I think that, you know, uh, people on the spectrum live these lives that I I don't think that a lot of people really understand. Again, it's a spectrum and how there can be some people that are are able to live uh, a life like a neurotypical person, and then there's are others that have a much harder time, and it's interesting to get to see again that full spectrum. Not to keep using yeah. that word, <laughs> um, I think that RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked for all the reasons that you expressed why it might help Drag Race win might help it win here. Um, I do agree that Cheer dealt with a lot of difficult um, subject matters this year and did did, did it well, um, and so I think you know you get some points there. Uh, and then, like I said, love on this. I, I'd give it to one of those three. No disrespect to the Bravo shows on this list. Um, but I, I would give it to one of those three for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay, let's talk host of a reality or competition program. They uh, kind of combined here. Uh, we have Queer Eyes Fab Five, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman from Making It, uh, Nailed It host Nicole Byer, the Sharks of Shark Tank, Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi, and RuPaul of I don't think I need to say RuPaul's Drag Race, by will anyway, uh, who has won the last six years. Um, Here's what I'll say on this one. It gets tough because I I think, uh, and even the the guys of Queer Eye have said this to me before, people don't look at them as hosts. Uh, And I think the same can be said of Shark Tank, which is why I think neither of them will win.
3: It really surprises me. I could see why you would say Queer Eye arguably could be hosts. Shark Tank, I don't see it at if anything the host is the announcer that like nope. like does the ch- really cheesy right. i love them so much like it'll always be like uh and next someone with an interesting solution to a common problem it's like that could be literally anything right. um like right. that's the that's the host <laughs> yeah. basically so I, I yeah i'm i'm i i'm not surprised by queer eye um but i'm surprised by shark tank mm-hmm.
2: yeah i also if people have not seen what amy poehler and nick offerman do on making it they're absolutely hysterical. Uh, it's, they, they really make <laughs> that show. Um, it's just a gosh darn delight. Um, Nicole Bayer, of course, is so funny as well. Uh, like I said, we have her coming up later. Nailed it is just, she is a perfect fit for that show. Um, because she brings the comedy without making fun of people. And that's such a tricky line to walk. Um, and then, I mean, Top Chef, uh, this is the, uh, I believe it's the Portland season, right? Which was just a, a maybe one of the show's best seasons. Definitely
3: one of the best since, like, the very beginning. Like, it's, it's you know, yeah. it's a renaissance right. for the show, sure. for yeah. sure. And I thought Houston was an incredible season as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this one is tough. I mean, I think... People will vote for RuPaul just out of <laughs> habit, um, and I say that not trying to uh, diminish the work that RuPaul does because RuPaul is also very wildly funny. Uh, I think the episodes when you get toward the end of the seasons, and they have like the the podcast, and RuPaul really like gets in there and asks questions and gets uh, you know the the queens to um, you know r- reveal things about themselves. That's, I think, where RuPaul also shines. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, again,
3: I think I think a really great host is also part therapist, and that's why I continue to be shocked that that uh, Jeff Probst does not get any attention here i will say yeah. he now like does a lot of direct to camera talking and stuff like that and maybe that's his ploy to like i'm going to try something yeah. different to hopefully get a nomination um but really what he does at those tribal mm-hmm. councils which last hours like he he is a he is a producer he is a therapist he is creating storylines yep. he is pushing forward storylines and he's like yep. again playing uh, like playing therapist to these contestants that are out there in these elements and he's he he mm-hmm. has to listen you know he a lot of these a lot of these hosts come out and read a script and uh, not these yep. hosts, so actually, actually, every single one of these hosts has to kind of go off the cuff. But most reality show hosts come out, they read a teleprompter or a script, and they're done. He sits there with these contestants for like two and a half hours. Anyway, I'm talking about something that's not even nominated. But that is to say that RuPaul <laughs> similarly <laughs> plays therapist um, at certain parts parts of the season. Yep. Padma Lakshmi, um, I think in smaller degrees, uh, kind of does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, that's, that's the entire reason that the Queer Eye guys are there. Um, so you know, I think <laughs> yeah. that that's that's important. I think that's why RuPaul has done so well over the years. And I think, um, again, I think if we looked at Queer Eye as more traditional hosts, uh, they'd have a better shot. But mm-hmm. I think it's between the two of them. And I, um, I also think it's weird sometimes. Padma's nominated with Tom. Sometimes she's not. Uh, right. It was the same thing yeah. with uh, Heidi and and Tim on on uh, their shows. It's it's always interesting to see how it yeah how how it how it works up.
2: Could not agree more. Uh, I know the Queer Eye guys are, are doing a big push to try to get um, voters uh, to, to pick them on uh, on their ballot, so we will see if that pays off. All right, um, one of those hosts is coming up, Nicole Byer. We chat about uh, her favorite jokes from her stand-up special, her very passionate kid fan base, the audition that really affected everything about how she approaches her career, and so much more. You don't want to miss that. The Awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. I hope you guys are ready to laugh because I did a lot of it when we recorded this interview with Nicole Byer. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Nicole Byer, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I am wonderful. It's so nice to see you again after uh, a, a lovely day Pretty much spent together at Comic Con, um, in <laughs> July. <laughs> that Tuca and Birdie nice. panel, first of all, was so much fun. And then, uh, you guys came over and, um, you were in our suite where, um, for anyone who watched that video will know what happened. That foot massage, <laughs> uh, that I gave uh-huh. Tiffany Haddish. That was, that was a thing that really happened. Not the way I thought my Comic Con was going to go, but you know, when,
1: When in Rome, rub Tiffany's feet.
2: I guess so. I guess so. Oh, gosh. How was your
1: Comic-Con? It was fun. It was overwhelming. Uh Uh-huh. And I didn't even go on the floor. Like, I... I stayed away because yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm up for all these people. But yeah. I did get to go in the big, big room. I went and saw a screening of What We Do in the Shadows. My friend Harvey's on it. Yeah. And that was mind boggling how big that hall was. I think it's Hall uh-huh. H. I think that's the biggest one.
2: Hall H, yeah. Like 6,500 people or something. It's wild. Wild. Mm. Have you, wait, so have you walked the floor before the convention floor?
1: No, that was my first Comic-Con.
2: Oh, first one ever. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, that floor is definitely overwhelming. There's so much to see. It's just, it's kind of sensory overload, but, um, but worth checking out maybe eventually at some point, do you think you would just like, would you put on a mask? Would you disguise yourself and like get in on, you know, the Comic-Con scene or just kind of go as Nicole?
1: I think I would just go as Nicole. I don't think too many people would bother me. Um, Not that it's a bother. I like when people like me. It is very kind. Um, But yeah, if I'm just like not like wearing a wig I don't normally wear, I would Mm -hmm. wear my mask. Or at least I think you had to wear them inside. Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't Mm do too incognito.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, I, I hope you do get to check that out at some point. Comic Con it was a, uh, a lot of fun, very overwhelming this year. And, and I was, uh, very, um, honored to uh, spend a little bit of it with, um, you guys. It was, it was a, um, uh, Comic Con highlight for me. It sure was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Also, by the way, congratulations, three, Emmy nominations this year: two for nailed it, one as executive producer of the show, the other as host of a reality or competition program, and then your comedy special, uh, Nicole Byer, BBW, Big Beautiful Weirdo, <laughs> writing, uh, writing for a variety special. Um, d- it must, it must feel really good to have all that coming your way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels really nice. Um... And I know people are like, it's bullshit to say. It's just like an honor to be nominated. But honestly, it is. It's so nice. I can't believe so many people were like, we like your stuff so much that we'll log into a website and say it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> click, click your name and hit click submit. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's very well deserved. Um, this, These are your fourth, fifth, and sixth nominations, right? Three previous nominations for Nailed yes. It. Yeah.
1: Isn't that wild?
2: I mean, <laughs> I, maybe for you, I think from the outside, all of us watching, it feels like an obvious like, yeah, of course, this show is great. She's a fantastic host. So yeah, you, you deserve to be in those fields. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. But here's my question. Do you feel, is is it fair to say that Nailed It changed your career or were you already feeling like things were on an uptick at that point?
1: Um, I feel like things were on an uptick, but I do believe Nailed It did push my mm-hmm. career a lot because
5: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of different people watch the show and they range from like children to old people. Like truly there is no mm-hmm. demographic for the show, which mm-hmm. I feel like is very rare, and I think it's a testament to Um, Our production, our casting, um, our crew, like the camera operators are down to clown. Jacques Torres (laughs) is so funny. Wes, it's his job to be the ad yeah his job is and to you've figure made, out where you've i am you've made a
2: star of him <laughs> when you've made children. a heart of heartthrob of him
1: <laughs> yeah and i just yell at him all day and then sometimes <laughs> in the middle i'll be like i'm sorry wes am i annoying you too much do you hate me so much but then one of the camera operators will like turn to him and then he'll be like no it's great i love it <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it go feels with the flow,
2: like right? The, when yeah, when people ask flow. you to rub their feet, rub their feet. That's what rub I'm saying. Rub them feet. <laughs> Which, by the way, why has he never rubbed your feet? But
1: just oh, I don't know. Because I'm just not a toe hound. I'm just not here for him.
2: <laughs> That's fair. I get it. I get it. I don't know what possessed me. But anyway, back to you. It was very funny. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah. But yeah, you feel the show push you. I mean, that is the thing. I, I was specifically going to bring up, you mentioned kids watching the show. I, okay, one of my colleagues, her son, who I think he might be like seven, eight years old, is obsessed with you. Um, and in the grand scheme of like the, you know, your jobs, uh, you know, a lot of your other comedy and work is very adult. So is it weird Mm -hmm. to you that like kids love you so much or does it like make sense to you?
1: Well, at first I thought it was weird, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, I was a nanny for a long time. So like I would play with kids. And then I was like, oh, it makes sense. It's a bunch of adults having fun. And most adults in kids lives are like telling them to do stuff and making them go to school and saying they can't do that, can't do this. And this is a show where adults are like, you can do that. I can roll off a table. I can eat (laughs) cookies whenever I want. So I think and it's bright and poppy. So I think that's why kids like it so much. Um, at Comic-Con after, um, I did an episode of newcomers, which I didn't know there was kids in the crowd. We did say a bunch of, uh, not kid friendly stuff, <laughs> but there was this uh, little boy well. after, um, asked me for a photo and he like, wouldn't speak to me. And I was like, do you hate me? What's happening? And then he burst into tears and I was like, do you need a hug? And then he was like, I want a hug. So yeah, it it's oh. really, it's cool. And it's really special that kids like me so much. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's really special.
2: I love that. I mean, yeah, what you're saying about, you know, with the show with Nailed It is that from my perspective, you know, it gives people permission for a few things. One, to fail, but also just Mm -hmm. to have fun because there are not that many, especially uh, cooking shows. I mean, everyone says they're having fun on them, but it's not the kind of fun that the contestants on Nailed
1: It are having. Yeah, I think there's something to like. I don't know. I'm always saying normalize being mediocre at your hobbies. You don't have to be the best. And then on this show, we celebrate people just trying, like just trying to make something edible and something nice to look at. And that's what I love so much. Like I love, just how people are. It's like the full human condition where, like, you know how you tell a friend, like, don't get back with him. It's not good. And she says, OK. <laughs> and then you, like, blink and she's back with him. And she's like, uh-huh. sorry about it. It's, you just get uh-huh. to watch people make bad choices with cake. It's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's the girl. Don't do it. I'm not uh-huh. going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I <did> exactly. It. <laughs> I did it. Yep. Um you mentioned uh newcomers one of your I think one of your 3 podcasts. There's newcomers, there's why won't you date me, there's uh-huh. best friends with Nicole yes. and Sashira Zameda. Did I get all of them?
1: Um and then I have another one on Patreon where I talk about 90 Day Fiancé because it's maybe the funniest television show on television.
2: That one's 90 Day Bay, right?
1: Yes. With Marcy yes, Jarrell.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 90 Day, that entire franchise. I know anytime we post anything about it on EW, it goes crazy. People yeah. are obsessed with the franchise.
1: Yeah. It's a wild. These people are nuts. It's perfect comedy because you have these two lunatics who've only known each other for like a couple of months. <laughs> and then each family is like, we don't support it. And they're like, Cool. So do you want to come to our wedding? And then they fight and fight. And then the best ones are the ones where they have refused to learn their partner's language. And then they speak in mm-hmm. like Google Translate. And I'm like, this is how you want to live? You want Google to be your mediator?
2: Mm. Mm. I love it. It's it's so crazy. It's incredible TV. Um, do Do you just want to now be like a guest at one of those weddings?
1: Um, I like to look from afar I'm not trying to insert myself in the crazy I think it could be a little contagious And I'm not here for it (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's fair. I totally get that. Yeah, I get that. Um, well, in addition to those podcasts that you're hosting, you, I mean, you pop up as guests on a lot of them. I'm going to steal um, from uh, my producer here, Sammy, use the phrase, you are a podcast darling, which I think is very accurate. <laughs> um, and it is, in addition to that, of course, nailed it. Uh, your comedy special, Grand Crew. Congrats on that. Coming back for season two. Thank you. You're doing so much voice work. Uh, Tuca and Birdie, the Boss Baby series, The Great North, uh, Big City Greens, the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, You're also in the new movie, Mac and Rita. Um, Like, how the hell do you have time for it
3: all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just got an assistant. (laughs) Hey, that helps. All right. That's been so helpful. I didn't realize how hard scheduling was um, until she started doing it.
2: You were doing it all yourself?
1: I have been doing everything myself up until October of last year.
2: Whoa.
1: Yeah. And I don't think I could go back to do it's there's just like a, a question every every minute there's so much it's a lot um but yeah it was it was like and i was doing even more before so it was like touring and then working and then answering emails and then podcasting in person before the pandemic can you imagine oh i can never i'll never do no. a podcast in person again
2: I mean, right? This the, it is one of the silver linings that we have. We have figured out this te- yes. virtual technology to make this all happen so easily. Yeah, but are you? Uh, ha- w- what do you do for yourself when you get a day that you don't uh-huh. have work? What is a Nicole Byer day off?
1: Mm, she likes to sleep, so I'll sleep mm-hmm. in, um, like an actual full day off where I don't have a thing to do. I try to line them up in a row and go on vacation, like go somewhere really nice where there's water and nice sunsets and good food. Um, Mm -hmm. But if I'm in LA, um, I like to pole dance. I used to roller skate more, but I hurt my ankle. Um, So I'm like taking a little siesta from that. Uh, But yeah, I just try to do things that make me happy.
2: I mean, that's the goal, right? Mm hmm. With with days off and with work even so, which I I hope is uh, you're saying yes to all things that are making you happy when it comes to yes. work. Well, because uh, there's nothing worse than working on something that's not fun. Um, right. Here's an oddball question for you, or maybe not. Um, in the spirit of uh, the shows that you're nominated for, what is the last thing that you nailed?
1: The last thing that I nailed.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Boy, oh, boy, that's a tough question. Like, what's the last oh. thing I did good? Huh. <laughs> I'm, like, pretty critical of myself, so I'm never like, oh, yeah, baby, I nailed that one. I'm usually mm. like, oh, no, was that funny? Could that have been better? <sighs> what am I doing? Um, okay, I sent a very funny voice memo to Sashir. <laughs> 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 and I was pretty pleased with it. after I said, You know to <laughs> I,
2: I have a couple of friends who, who like to send the voice messages, and I cringe every time I get one, but because um, you just never know what it's going to be, and I'm like, am I supposed to respond back with a voice? Are you a voice message person?
1: So her mailbox is always full. So then I have to leave her voice memos because I fill up her mailbox and then I've requested that she doesn't delete them and keeps them. So she has a library of voicemails for me.
2: <laughs> okay. So you nailed that voice message to, yes. to shear. Okay. So then in the spirit of your stand-up special, what is the weirdest thing about you?
1: Oh boy. Okay. Like I really love doors.
2: <laughs> like door, like door design.
1: I love a big door. The bigger the door, ah. the more in awe I am of it. But I love ornate doors. I love a colorful door. I love like a, like a iron rod door. Yeah. Um. Okay. I just, I love doors. That's, I think maybe the weirdest thing about me.
2: Huh. Okay. I mean, weird, because it's not what I expected you to say, but I do appreciate (laughs) that. Do you, do you prefer solid doors or do you like doors with windows?
1: Oh boy. If it's a door with stained glass, Uh, count me in.
2: All right. I'm with you on that. Okay. Yeah. I just don't like a door that someone can just like walk up and look into my house.
1: Yeah, no, a front door with glass I think is insane. I think you're an insane person if there's a front mm. door with glass. No, give me some privacy. Yeah, amen to that.
2: Okay, that's fair.
1: Okay, I'm obsessed with home renovation. That's another well, thing. Well, so that's
2: what I was about to say. It sounds like you're really like into design and like architecture I love it. And, and Yeah, I don't think that. I, mean, I don't think that's weird that I Hunter accept renovations,
1: your answer. but Have you ever watched House Hunter Renovations?
2: Sure have. I'm with you on that. I'm a little annoyed they got rid of that version.
1: Because I love watching people do it themselves. There's one couple Uh that put red subway tile with red grouting in their kitchen, and the whole house was red and white. Uh And when they Mm -mm. said, ding dong, look what we did. He was wearing a fedora. And I was like, these people are sick.
2: Nope, no, thank you. But you, I'm so glad you threw in the ding dong because I can, I can completely <laughs> picture how the episode plays because they, they play that sound effect uh-huh. and then they, it's a transition in the show. That's hysterical. Uh, yeah, good old house hunters. Okay, a serious question for you. Um, yeah, we're going to do a 180 here. What, what's an early career experience or a job you had that shaped your vision of what you wanted for your career
1: there was a mcdonald's spot it was a voiceover and the casting director asked me to be more street more urban which is a euphemism for what white people think a black person should sound like um Mm -hmm. just like full-blown if you like a caricature is what they wanted and i And I remember the line was I'll raise a French fry to your French fry. So in the audition, I was like, I'll raise a French fry to your French fry. And and the casting director was like a little more urban. I was like, I'll raise a French fry to your French fry. Thinking that like, I'm making, I'm like making fun of you for asking me that. And they were like, perfect. And I was like, say what? And then I booked it and I was like, oh no. So then I get to the job and it was me and three other black women. And we were talking and, uh, Two of them sounded like me. Um, One was, like, from the South. Uh, One sounded like maybe she was from New York or something. And then we all get in the booth, and they're like, action. And all of us, like, code switch to this, like, very caricature of a black person. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Because we're Mm. not a monolith. And there's other black people who talk like me. Like, I'm not, you know, this, like, thing that exists that nobody else has or does or whatever. Um, So at that moment, I was like... I don't want to change who I am to appease what a casting director wants because I can sound like me and then like through acting and my actions or maybe Mm -hmm. lowering my voice or raising my voice, I can get my point across and just not changing what I actually sound like.
2: Yeah. And so from then it was, you were just more I don't know if picky is the right word, but how did that change how you approached auditions or
1: not picky, but when people would be like, Can you sass it up? I would try to do it the way Nicole would do it as mm-hmm. opposed to what I thought that they were looking for. Because sometimes when I'd be like, Oh, this and like kind of mocking, they'd be like, Yes. And I'd be like, Yikes. So like I'm not like i can't really explain how it feels to be like oh i'm gonna make fun of what i think you want and then they're like that is what we want and it's like so i feel like you you want a joke but like the joke is that i'm a black person so i don't want that because Mm -hmm. it's like if you like someone who sounds quote-unquote more urban find a person who speaks quote-unquote more urban do you know what i mean um i think there's a it's kind of like i mean james franco i think was just cast as like Fidel Castro, Castro, who I believe is Cuban, it's like, what? I I don't know his background, but maybe we find a straight-up Cuban actor to do that. Maybe Mm -hmm. we find people Mm -hmm. who, and I know you can get into the argument and the minutia of like, then what is acting? And I'm like, acting is acting, but we could also just find representation.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. 100%, which which we're we're t- slowly making strides at. I I don't know how do, do you feel like it's better than slow or does it feel like it's slow to you?
1: I feel like it's slow and better. It like dips because like in the 90s, I remember mm. as a kid, there was so much black television for me to watch. And then on the Asian side, I feel like when I was a kid, it was American Girl Margaret Cho show, which I loved so mm. much. And then there was Fresh Off the Boat and uh, Kim's Convenience. And mm-hmm. then I was like, where's more? Why didn't more? And, you know, right. Nora from Queens. And and then I'm like, where's the Hispanic shows? We had one day at a time. And then what? <laughs> like, I just feel yeah, like when. Right.
2: They, they've they all been canceled in the last nine yeah, to 12 months. Gordita
1: Chronicles. Yeah. I feel and like. Vita, yeah. It ha- yeah, Vita, like I feel like it happens and then everyone goes, Let's pat ourselves on the back. Can you imagine what we do? We just greenlit and shot, you know, people of color and then they get canceled and they're like, nobody's watching. And it's like, well, did you put the budget in to promote it and let people know to watch it? Or just because you canceled it doesn't mean you can't just do another one. Right. Maybe that one yeah. didn't work. Maybe you try again. And don't market it as a black show or a Latina show. Just market it to everybody because you don't mm-hmm. have to make sure everybody knows it's different because if white wasn't the norm, then nothing would be different. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's so true. What
2: what I'm, what I'm hearing is that you should be a studio executive. That's what I'm, I'm <laughs> hearing.
1: <laughs> well, I think more people of color, more queer people, more trans people. I think we, non-binary people all need to be at those levels because yeah. if there's representation at that level, then that person can look at someone making a choice and go, Well, you just greenlit five shows with all white casts and one show with an all black cast. Why not mix it up and make the lead a person of color and let the sidekicks be white people or mix anything up? Or maybe this show of all white people, we just do non-traditional casting or we start doing blind casting or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think you need people in those power positions to then help. But then you got to get people who haven't been in the room long enough who've, girl bossed and they're like the way i get things is by acting like a man <laughs> so you're like, "Oh mm-hmm. no!" do you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's like yeah you gotta it's it's tough it's so tough and there is yeah. no one way to to make change happen
2: yeah yeah well so that that audition you mentioned the Mac- mcdonald's one and and knowing that you just have to be you you're not gonna give them some caricature of what they want or whatever um As you then have gone into other audition rooms, I mean, I guess even when you went in for Nailed It, uh, you know, there's a whole thing of don't don't try to be what you think they want. Just be yourself and make them want you. Um, So you book that job because clearly it seems they must love you. But then were you nervous to start filming that show or were you confident enough that like, no, I'm me. They chose me for a reason and we're going to go kill this.
1: For Nailed It, I was so confused. I was like, oh boy, I've never hosted a show before. Our We had a rehearsal day, which consisted of like me standing on my mark. And they're like, and this is where you'll deliver this. And then you'll move over to here. You'll deliver this. And then you'll do this. And then you'll do this. And, do this. and I was like, but like, um, where, where's the script? Is there a script? Uh, what do I say to the people? And then like, I wear an IFB. Why do I wear the IFB? And then... Uh-huh. The the day we started shooting they were like this is Jacques Torres And I was like hello I did no research on you Because I'm always ill prepared for everything Um, What do you do? And then he like told me And I was like I should have looked him up And then later when I did look (laughs) him up I was like fuck You were sitting next to a world renowned pastry chef That like is a living fucking legend Um, And then There was like a couple times where I was like Wait am I doing this again Because it was like too much or like too little And they're like just do whatever you want And I was like I don't And then I just like kind of lost my mind because people kept saying, do whatever you want. I was like, I don't know what that means. I've Mm. only been on sets where a director goes, try it again with a note. And they would just go, try it again. And I go, why? So I would like get on the phone with my friend Mateo Lane like every day and be like I don't know what these people want and I don't know if I'm doing uh-huh. a good job. Um, and then when I saw the cuts of but it, it's wild
2: because it sounds like they were really just they were giving you freedom to be you. But it's like what?
1: Well, it felt like a trick. When does that ever fucking happen? Uh-huh. Like when does when do you ever get a job where someone says do whatever you want? You're like they're gonna trick me. Something bad. This isn't funny. Mm. I don't know. But then Jacques was laughing and I was like okay I'll make Jacques laugh. And then the camera operators would sometimes laugh and I'd be like okay, they see a lot. All right, if they're laughing, I think I'm doing a good job. And then when I saw the first season, I was like, oh, okay, they literally want me to do whatever I want. Um, and then the second season, I was like, all right, now I know what's going on, baby. Uh, mm. And now it's just a blast.
2: Well, I mean, that's that's quite an interesting, interesting lesson then, I guess, that you – it really helped to be able to see the show and know – what it, what it all meant in the grand Mm -hmm. scheme of like the big picture of the editing and everything. Is it, is it true that uh, like in some regards, they, they, they changed the show a bit because of then like your and and Jacques dynamic and, and that kind of stuff. Like they just kind of then like went with the flow and let your interactions kind of dictate the, the, the proceedings.
1: Well, they just have so much footage because we would shoot the tops of like the challenges and then while they're doing the challenges we're sitting at the desk watching for mm-hmm. like an hour and a half and at first i was like <laughs> oh, "This is a, what, we, what? but then i'd be like i'm bored and then like fun things would happen and jock's <laughs> always down to do something and in the beginning we had a lot more culinary people um mm-hmm. so a lot of it would just be a lot of baking talk and i'd be like oh i don't I don't know. I don't know. I I just eat the cake. I don't know. Um, And then we had more comedians and then we have really leaned into having comedians. And then we've had some musical people and that's really great. So I think that's the only thing that they've really adjusted is like less food people, more comedians.
2: Gotcha. And in a way you became kind of a, like a sideline, like calling the game as it's happening, which then (laughs) I suppose really played into being able to go do wipeout.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, play-by-plays are very <laughs> fun to do on Wipeout. Um, we shoot that, it's like they're night shoots when we're in person. Most mm-hmm. of it is green screen and, I don't know if I can say that. I think I can say that. Yeah,
2: well, like where you're sitting. Yeah, that's, I, I feel like yeah. people probably know that. Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: Okay. And then we do the voiceover stuff later, but we are in person at the like final run and mm-hmm. that's wild to see in person. <laughs> It's like so nuts, and Cena's so good at like calling out the action, and I'm always just like, no, oh, please make it, Ow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like the sound effects for the, <laughs> <laughs> the, hit, uh-huh. the splatting on the ball and the yeah. Oh
1: god, sometimes these people falling away where live. <laughs> you're like. <gasps> oh no they gonna get up but (laughs) then on tv you watch it and you're like oh that didn't look as as rough (laughs) yeah (laughs) somehow tv kind of dulls it a little bit and it doesn't look as terrible well especially when
2: they slow-mo the like the flip off the ball and you're like oh they're like they're gonna break their neck and it's like oh wait it's just water
1: down there yeah it's just water and it's i think very cold cold
2: Mm, yeah i I would imagine so Oh, but it's so much fun to watch you guys on there too uh, okay, so your your special—it's your first full-length special. Yes. What about the process of putting that together? Were you maybe not expecting? Like, did anything surprise you along the way?
1: Um, it surprised me the length. Like, I packed in everything I thought was going to make an hour, and then came in at like an hour 10, maybe an hour 15 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Maybe it was an hour 10. And then I was like, oh, no, Mm. I got to cut into my jokes. And then I was like, no. Well, they said the sweet spot was like just under 60. Um,
2: Then you had to be uh, not be precious about your material and make some tough cuts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just like lose whole jokes. And uh I think it was better for it. Like, I think it was Ooh. fine. I got rid of the stuff. Not that it was even like weak. It still got laughs and it was just like a, a content choice. I had a, a Mark Wahlberg joke and I was like, maybe I don't want the Wahlbergs coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put it, put
2: it in the DVD extras. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the topic of jokes, what's the one that you are like really proud of from the special?
1: Okay, so the second show I did an encore and I told a joke that's my favorite joke that I never tell. And I told that one and it fucking killed, but then didn't put in the special.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is
1: that? You want to save it
2: for something later?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll save it. But I did it because Ashira and Mateo were there and they loved the joke so much. And I was like, this is a special night. I might as well say it in a suit. Um, But the joke that the jokes that made it in, the mm-hmm. one that I'm most proud of is, I really like the Benny story. Um, I really love my abortion joke mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> because
1: I toured that everywhere. So um, <laughs> people in like, say, Wyoming or Arkansas or Indiana, woo, they didn't like it. Um, mm. But then that's why I put it at the end of it, I'm like, you might not have liked it. And if you don't, donate to somewhere because that's what happens um not to give away the punchline and then yeah i just like that i disguise it as a dick joke it's fun um i like my karen joke a lot um i like jenny the nurse stealing my underwear because that was like that day was so traumatic and then to be able to make it funny for people to laugh at was pretty therapeutic Mm. Um, and then I really like my Black Lives Matter. I'm like my just like mm. my special. You like my special, yeah. <laughs> All 60
2: minutes, watch it. <laughs> it's one great joke after another.
1: I liked it. I had a, I had fun doing it.
2: Uh well, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, I know a lot of people did. It's it's a it's a good one. Oh, let's talk Grand Crew really quickly. Is that something had you had you been making the like the pilot season rounds, or was this something that was just kind of brought to you like, hey, what do you think about this?
1: I think I, no, that year I had not done a single pilot season audition because two years before it was like picked up to pilot, Phil was like, Phil Augusta Jackson, who created it, was like, hey, Nicole, I have this pilot. I have a character, Nikki. She's written for you. Would you do it if we got to do it? And I was like, Phil, of course. I love Phil. Phil and I wrote a pilot together. Um we improvised together in New York like 15 years ago. I've known him for forever. It's based on our friend group where we go to this wine bar on the East side and just like hang out. And I'm like, who's fucking who? And I like go back out on tour. Um, So I was like super lucky that I didn't have to audition for it. Mm which like never happens. Usually I'm making multiple tapes, going to multiple offices, being like, please hire me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I was, yeah. So I didn't have to do pilot season that year and that was delightful.
2: Uh, yeah, that is nice when it works out that way. Is there something yeah. you have auditioned for that you really wanted, but didn't get?
1: Of course. And I'm trying to think of one that but the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Um There's like a couple movie things that I really really wanted and thought I was going to get and didn't. Mm.
2: Do you feel like ultimately looking back like it worked out the way it should have? Like did did that ultimately mean that something else came along and you got to do that, but if you had been on the movie, you couldn't have something like that?
1: I think of it this way that like not everything is for me mm-hmm. and I'm not for everything. And there is a reason as to why I didn't get it. There's a reason why the other person got it. And it's okay. You'll mm-hmm. be okay. It didn't kill me that I didn't get that job. Right. Um, it didn't kill me that I got this other one instead. Uh, it's a lot of therapy. I try to keep my eyes on my own paper. And it's I, hard.
2: I mean, I was going to say, that's incredible advice. That's uh, That's not easy to do. So good for you.
1: I mean, it's tough. And anytime I see a fat black woman who is in a part that I'm like, oh, why didn't I audition for it? I just go, whatever. You didn't audition for it, but they got cast. So like, there's still representation out there. Even if it's not you, someone else will see that and be excited about it and feel better about their bodies or their life. Mm. So it's, but that's not to say that I'm not like, ah! <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> why yeah. not me? But I really try to keep
2: it cool natural reaction of course um so that said what is a show that uh is on right now that you absolutely love and would do like anything to be on
1: okay a tv show yeah the boys oh i love the boys i think the boys is so gruesome smart and funny um i also really love p valley i also love you on netflix um, oh yeah, we
2: we know that from the podcast. <laughs>
1: I love, I uh, love Joe Goldberg. Uh,
2: have you met Penn before? He's been on, right?
1: He, yeah, he was on. Why won't you yeah. date me? I have not met him in person. I'd love to, though.
2: Mm, maybe it'll happen someday.
1: I'm trying to think, and then movies. I really want to be in Sonic 3. They have a release oh. date. I spoke to Ben Schwartz. I said, I'll literally be a person on the street that goes, damn, that blue thing went fast. <laughs> That's all I want. That's literally all I want.
2: <laughs> Surely they can make that happen. Come on, Ben Schwartz. I hope uh, so. Uh, that would be so good. So good. All right. What, what, is, what is like What is on the horizon? What are you super excited about that you have coming up?
1: I'm super excited about the second season of Grand Crew. We start shooting yeah. uh, next month. Oh, Ooh. almost uh, like exactly a month from now. September 12th, we start. Oh. Um,
2: you start on the day of the Emmys. Hold on. Yeah, isn't you that start wild? filming the day of the <laughs> Emmys. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: I don't understand why the Emmys aren't on a weekend.
2: Well, NBC has uh, Sunday Night Football, so... Uh, they they won't preempt Sunday night football for the Emmys.
1: Wild. Wild. Then Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be able to have the Emmys on their network. We work during the week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly that. Yep. Let's see. What else am I excited for? I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens in my career next. I'm curious. I think we all are. I think that is
2: a, that is a fair answer, a fair assessment there. (laughs) Um, look, it's, uh, I mean, everything you do is, is fun and funny, but also, uh, makes you think, especially like for folks if they have not checked out your special, they must because there are a few moments where I was left like thinking about something, and then I had to stop and rewind because I w- had like stopped paying attention for a few minutes, um, and and I had to go you know rewind so I could um, pick back up with where you were going. But um, look, it, it's uh, a blast having you on here, a, a great pleasure, um, and congratulations on everything.
1: Thank you. What a treat.
2: Of course. Of course, a treat for us. So thank you uh, for joining us on the awardist.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
2: Okay, I could have legit talked to Nicole Byer for hours. She is so sweet. she's ridiculously funny, as you just heard there, but she's also really thoughtful. I thought it was so interesting hearing her say just how insecure she was filming the entire first season of Nailed It, uh, which I get, but it took seeing the show to understand what they meant by just be you, Um, which... Doesn't happen a whole lot.
3: <laughs> well, and that's that's one of the like scary things about something like releasing in, in a streaming platform where you just give all the episodes at once because other shows have time to yeah. evolve and change based on audience feedback. And here you're just like throwing it all out mm-hmm. into the world. And so, yeah, I can't imagine what it was like for her to not see a final cut and like really know how it was all coming together because could have gone really good really bad and obviously we know which direction that went but it's great because they trusted and wanted her to be her which is is you know unlike
2: (laughs) yeah Unlike that McDonald's audition, which is just a
3: wild Ugh. story. Well, I, I will tell you, as someone that, as someone, you know, I, someone that that auditioned in another lifetime, uh, and being a light brown person, not only was I asked to like lean into being Latin, I was also asked to lean into being Southeast Asian or uh, Italian, all these other things that I am not. And at the time, you just in the room, you're like, well, what do I, huh? And luckily now everyone mm-hmm. I think is a lot more conscious about that sort of stuff. But you know, unfortunately, her story yeah. uh, is is just one of thousands of having that experience. And I'm glad that she's being vocal yeah. about it because you know, and I'm glad she's being vocal about it and has also been able to sustain her place in the industry to now get to be celebrated for being exactly her, which is hopefully where we're all moving yep. more towards.
2: I could not agree more with that. Um, all right. Well, uh, we have one more quick break we need to take. Don't go anywhere because after that, when we come back, Jean Smart, Queen Jean, I love her so much, Hannah Einbinder and the creators of Hacks. We will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. Funny story, Hannah Einbinder thought she was getting fired from hacks when she read the season two finale. We talk about that and a lot more in our interview uh, where I sat down with them exclusively backstage after they did a uh, script read at, a, at a, little, a little FYC Emmys event uh, last week in Hollywood. Uh, so here now is uh, my conversation with Jean and Hannah and uh, the series co-creators Paul Downs, Jen Statsky and Lucia yellow. That's the first time you guys have ever read a a Hacks script in front of a crowd like that?
5: Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, so what was it like reliving that episode in particular? Because it gets quite emotional.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of forgot how much emotional stuff was in in the finale. Yeah. And and it was great, too, because the audience, obviously, all of them, I'm sure, all of them, saw it when it aired. Um, but they were still so so into it. It was great.
4: You know, I felt similarly when we did the screening um, at the at the premiere of the first two episodes. Hearing the work with a crowd is such a rewarding experience. Being able to bounce off of their energy, play off the silence, you know, using all of the moments in person to sort of influence the material itself is such a treat. And it's really nice to all be in the same place. You know, like, when we shoot these episodes, four of us are maximum together at a time, so... A lot of our cast being here was like certainly the highlight. Yeah, and
5: we haven't seen each other for a little bit. You know, I know. this one's been traveling the country, you yes. know, burning up her <laughs> comedy.
2: Doing her own cross country comedy tour, yes. Deborah Vance
5: Circuit. Doing the Deborah Vance, d- or no, what she called the uh, Ava Duh <laughs> tour, or the Deborah Duh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the Ava, to De- De- Deborah. to
5: De Deborah.
2: <laughs> I feel like watching you. There were parts of that script that you didn't even have to look at it. It felt like you still had it
5: in there. A few of them, yeah. If I, you know, I, I think if I had had another day, I probably could have just memorized it all. But
2: oh, are you one of those? You can like look at the script; it's just there. You. Well, I mean, can... if
5: I've done it before, yeah. <laughs> sure. But but yeah, well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty quick steady You are too. And and, and, and really is the truth, though, is the better it's written, the easier it is to learn. True.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're used to memorizing your material for the stage anyway, so does it kind of feel the same? Like, what were you able to take from what you know of stage performance and apply to this show?
4: Mm. I think just examining where the big laughs are... Mm from the crowd and sort of like quickly learning what they like and where what's hitting bigger for them in both my performance and the performance of those around me. Like whenever I'm on a lineup show, I watch the other comedian sets and I see what of their material is getting laughs, what subjects, what sort of affectations in their voices, like just sort of like micro examinations of the body language and general feel of their taste. So, yeah. So
5: how much do you so if you're if you're doing a few days somewhere mm-hmm. and you're and you're watching some of the other acts, you know, and the audience one night is very obviously it could be very different from another night. Very, yeah. So you then tailor what you're doing a little bit to that particular night's audience? Yeah.
4: If one night the audience is a little tighter I will lean more into spontaneity and do a lot more crowd work to loosen them up because they clearly need something fresh. They don't really want to hear or they're not ready to hear more sort of structured stuff. So I'll start off the bat by spontaneously getting them involved so they feel alert and on the spot and like they have to participate
5: see I need to travel with you because I'm really yeah. good at getting audiences to, to loosen Jane, up and laugh
4: if you come open for me I'm if not we'll, open for you I just sit in the audience and drink <laughs> no. no no I'm not you gonna just no. come out you do the announcements you can just
5: be like no no, the, just, each of the, no yeah. I'll sit in the audience and just
4: be a good laugher <laughs> perfect
5: I love I mean,
2: get paid. And she's yes. got a good laugh, so that's, you know. It's true. Yeah. yeah. You'll,
4: be, you'll be mauled within five seconds because people <laughs> will know that. Ha! <laughs> 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 well, no, God. No, I can't
2: even do it. Well, I've, I've been watching back the season and, uh, in particular, paying attention to the episodes that both of you submitted for Emmys, um, which are just. I mean, I don't even know how you chose because there are so many which good would, episodes. Which, 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 the which cruise you choose? I chose
4: The Cruise. Oh,
5: yeah. I and chose The Click.
2: Uh huh. I mean, was that really because of the the Devon Sawa scene in bed?
5: <laughs> 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 no, because I don't think that necessarily shut off my comedy skills. Fair, fair. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved, I loved, I loved the stand-up routine where she suddenly shifts, mm-hmm. and you see Hannah in the wings going, "Oh no, what is she doing? <laughs> what is she doing?" and It works, and she leans into it, and it's fun, and it's like you see her just kind of joyously realize that
2: this is a whole new feeling. It's where she finds, I think, she finds the balance
5: Yes, of, and, but yeah. trust me, it was a really hard choice between that and the
2: cruise. Mm.
5: Really hard. Really hard.
2: Well, both episodes. Because that one, too, you have that amazing stand-up scene where oh. things are going well until they are not, it and <laughs> then it's just a, a crushing... I mean, the humiliation that comes from that is just beautiful to watch play out in your presence, yeah.
5: Still, one of my favorite lines is that when she turns to the woman next to her and goes oh, no, she's doing Ellen. I'm out, out dancing, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, so good. Well, that episode for you, the cruise, what What do you love so much about, about that and what you got to do there?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the first three episodes, Ava's kind of in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. And so... Kind of. Yeah, fully submerged. She's completely... Uh, completely in the depths of the doghouse chained (laughs) chained. absolutely she's been a very bad dog and um episode four is the first time in the series that really ava's able to kind of like let off a little steam their dynamic goes sort of back to what it was it's also so you know filled with so much comedy and i think last year my selection was the finale which Mm -hmm. was episode 10 which was like a really heavy sort of funeral-oriented episode, and I felt like this year I wanted to just, like, kind of remember that, like, this is the comedy category, and that, um, this is, like, my favorite fun comedic episode, so it just was my favorite episode overall.
2: Oh, it's so good. And then at the end, the Molly hits, and... Oh,
4: my God. Oh, (laughs) my God.
5: It still makes me scream (laughs) When, when she says that the way you say it and
2: I gotta dance
5: <laughs> and that, just that image of them in that boat uh.
2: <laughs> so the dinghy uh. and that
5: is a boat not a ship that's a boat <laughs> fair
2: fucking... point fair point I, I do also love when um after Deborah has slept with uh and I'm forgetting his character name yes um and the two of you were having the conversation You're like how was your night just like very good just like what pop, you say, pop off slut
4: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> what exactly did you say pop off slut pop off it means like go off I never yeah.
5: exactly knew
4: what you were yeah, talking about pop off about. means like I just do your thing you were, just knew you were calling me a slut go girl
2: <laughs> but That's, it's was that scripted or is that a that
4: was not scripted but Lucia yelled it from Village she was like <laughs> and now say pop off slut <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, And it worked It worked (laughs) Uh, Oh my god It was so good Well um, Overall This season For each of you What's What's the takeaway What's the What are you Like clinging on to Holding on to That that memory That thing That you kind of Got from it Personally as a performer
5: I I just first Number one Was so Incredibly wowed By the episodes That our writers Came up with Because the second season Is always The tough one Because you know Everybody's gunning For you Kind of you know, um, to see if you can possibly match the first season, and they did that and more. And just how much fun it was. I mean, it was a lot of harder work in the first season because we did a lot of traveling. Mm. Not a lot of big traveling, but I mean, some traveling and just a lot of locations all around Southern California, and so. But, uh, but they were fun, you know, we were in cowboy bars, and we were in, you know, the Grand Canyon, and we were, um, long
2: beach I guess for the for the for and the, the ship and the not cruise boat.
5: ship yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah no it it was uh, it was a lot of a really fun season,
4: yeah yeah, I would say like just my biggest takeaway was like within within the show and the sort of like reception of the show is that like people are really willing to stick with these characters who are deeply flawed and that people can change and grow and that this relationship between Ava and Deborah is such a, an incredibly positive one, and one that, positively affects both women equally, and it's just nice to see it going in that direction. And I just hope that that continues.
5: But I can still heave crystals at you, and people well, still course. like me.
4: <laughs> of course. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. She got me a couple times. Right. I, I, arm I on her a couple times. I didn't
2: She's
5: mean got to. an arm
4: on her.
2: Are but like, like foam ones, obviously. Rubber. Well. They're, oh. They're dense they're rubber. rubber. Oh, and oh! Because they got a hit with a certain I, amount of. And I have a good arm. I can take it. I
5: was well, trying to miss her, kind of, sort of.
4: It helps. I used it, baby. I used it. I mean, it.
2: <laughs> that's true. Go, with, go with what's happening. Um, last thing, then. Uh, well, did you know how that scene at the after party uh, or at the party was going to go? Did they tell you in advance, or you didn't know until you got the script? I are you
4: talking about the last.
2: scene? Yeah, the last scene between sort of the two. The, the twist.
4: Two. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know.
5: First, You mean, until we got the script.
2: Yeah, yeah, did you? Did they tell you in advance? Like, no. this is what was going. To, oh, you didn't know until you got the script. No. Oh boy. No. So no, she, now she was
5: upset. She thought she was getting fired.
2: Right. <laughs> oh, oh, for actually, it. for real, oh, for real you thought fire. it was it for the character. Oh no. That's
4: because I'm my brain is broken.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't blame you for thinking that, I suppose. But then, immediate question must have been the now, like, where do we go? Which it must be what you guys are wondering, and they're of course figuring out. Do you have like? thoughts, ideas that you've kind of like given them, like maybe we can do this or you're just leaving it all in their hands.
4: Oh they got yeah. they
5: got it. I mean I occasionally think, oh it might be funny to do this or that, but I mean no, I mean they're they're just I, As I've, a joke. I've never felt so well taken care of. Yeah. You mm. know, and that I and and I mean they told me the day they met me, they said we pretty much have five years of this show in our heads. Yeah. If if you ask us a question about this story, we've got it right now. Yeah. You know occasionally so.
4: we'll joke about like I'll be like, Okay, when we find Ava again She's dating a gorgeous actress or something, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah I get my pitch is Ava has a gorgeous girlfriend.
2: <laughs> Someone from the show she's working on. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Or may, uh, or maybe you know,
5: Devon comes back because Deborah needs more inspiration. Yeah, exactly. You know,
2: like, <laughs> not, not a bad idea. I, I really wonder. And my big picture of where it ends, Deborah still ends up with a late night talk show. Could
5: be. Well, it would seem that that might be a logical you Right. Know.
2: But is that why it wouldn't happen? Because it feels logical.
5: It's possible. Oh, oh don't say that. We're not that logical aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be a blast, uh-huh. you know. Because think of all
2: the, oh, all the guests you could have. have.
5: come out and play themselves. Absolutely. I mean, how oh much fun. God. How mm-hmm. much fun would that
4: be? Ava doing uh, audience warm up.
2: Head writer. She's the executive producer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I cannot wait to see where it goes. Congrats to you both, and Thank thanks you. for your time, You're always.
4: So yeah, Thank you. Yeah, of course, you. of course. Appreciate it.
2: I feel like I saw you getting a little emotional there at the end.
0: I did, I cried. Can you believe it? <laughs>
2: no, I, I would expect nothing less, honestly. I mean, it's a pretty cool event to be here, yeah. to see the crowd like that. Is that what was, what was getting you?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like, there's something really... I don't know, like magical about all these people um, and being back with them after not for a couple months and having them read, you know, a script that we, we worked really hard on and we really believe in and we really love and having them perform it with as much love as we have for it um, is, I think, what really moved me. And I, I love this season of, of, and what we made, and it was, yeah, it just got to me.
2: Uh, I was talking to Jean and Hannah about their last scene and that kind of twist and Hannah thought she was being like fired from the show. She thought like, yeah. "Oh, you're writing yeah. me out." Yeah.
0: I know.
6: Yeah, that, that's how powerful the writing was. <laughs> and then she thought it was a pink slip. Yeah. It was a pink and we were like, "A, you're not being fired, and B, how how ruthless if we didn't tell you we just delivered a script where you?" And Jean said, "You know, I have read a script where I was killed off. So I don't know if she said it in your interview, but maybe <laughs> she you said know, she's found,
7: she found out via off? scripts before. She has yeah. found out via
6: scripts about the end of her character. But yeah, you know? we
7: like the actors to like kind of experience the story in real." <laughs> time, and, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, that was uh, we, So we didn't we, preface We didn't it. preface it with sure. Hannah, because we never thought in a million years she would think she was fired, but mm. Mm.
6: She had been nominated for an Emmy, so we were thinking <laughs> where <laughs> you got that? <laughs> you
3: know,
2: what, what are you yeah, 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 not really sure those are the ones you cut from a show, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you look back on the season, I'm wondering, have you gone back and done this, just like a full watch that's not like sitting in an edit bay and mm-hmm. that kind of thing?
7: Yeah, we did watch the whole season yeah. as it yeah. was happening. Yeah, we <laughs> watch every, like, t- every Thursday when it dropped, we watch Shit,
6: yeah mm-hmm. mostly together too yeah, yeah. how what lame are we <laughs> a little like a little kind of slumber party situation yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a real Ava Deborah and Josefina <laughs>
0: <laughs> and sometimes we would watch with like a family member or Jed's yeah. husband or or something, and that was fun too sometimes to watch it with somebody a little bit fresher to it. Um, yeah, Lucio. Does your
2: baby laugh at the jokes?
0: <laughs> well, he's heard them a lot at this point because <laughs> yeah, he, he was. Heard he so
7: heard every iteration of them because yeah. he hears them when they're pitched, when they're written, mm-hmm. when they're yeah. shot, you know. And he's, he's, he's a fourth the, showrunner, really. He was there showrunner. the whole time. Yeah, he was there, he was there the whole time.
2: Well, so as you got to look back over it Fresh Eyes, as a viewer, essentially, were there things that you, like, didn't notice maybe then even when you were in edit? Things that you picked up on, maybe that, like, your actors did? Anything like that?
6: There is something different about watching it on the TV when it's done. It does feel different. It just feels like... It's bigger. Yeah, it feels bigger and more magical. I think the thing that I
0: say the most is, like, about off in a moment or an actor i'm like god they're so fucking good you know like i'm like so like it really hits me how good these actors are
7: right because sometimes when you're on set you're working and so you're watching but you're adjusting performance or lines or anything like that that we're doing and then so when we get to just sit back and watch we're like really just amazed by our cast and how how wonderful they are and how they honor the writing beyond our wildest dreams
2: I understand Pop Off Slut was an added line from the wings.
7: <laughs> that wasn't
0: on the day. <laughs> that wasn't on pitch. the day pitch,
6: yeah. I will say <clears throat> this is EW exclusive. We had it in the we had it in the barrel. What do you say? We had it in the
7: in the in the holster? We had, uh, we had it um,
6: all. we had it locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't let them know until Right before, yeah. I kind of wanted to
7: capture an organic gene reaction. Yeah, and she
6: kind of had one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the,
2: you. I just watched the episode back, and her face is—you can tell she's like, "What the fuck did you just <laughs> yeah. say to me?" <laughs>
7: yes.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we don't want to like spring too much on them mm-hmm. non-consensually, but sometimes a joke here or there, we like to it's get an to op- authentic yeah. reaction.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how much going into the second season did you guys have? that thought, that idea that, you know, critics in Hollywood like to, they like to be quick to say like, uh-oh, it's a sophomore slump. Like, was that in your mind or did you like not allow that to kind of permeate your environment?
0: Well, I'd say like, I, I think we generally know the idea of a sophomore slump, whether it's TV or an album or whatever, yeah. but I think the pressure wasn't so much from external people or whatever, it was really from ourselves. Like, we yeah. really were like, we feel like we learned a lot from season one we learned i think how to write better how to direct better how to just produce better and so i think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make a season that surpassed the first one and so the pressure was on our, from us on us and we felt <laughs> an
6: especial responsibility to the people who connected with the show you know when it resonates with people it does make you really feel like you have to deliver something that is at least as good if not better so I think we felt a responsibility to the audience to, yeah. to make it yeah. fun and moving and all the things that they found in the first season. Mm-hmm.
2: In terms of the, you know, there are so many, so many good comedies on yeah. right now, mm-hmm, as yeah. you guys are looking around at, um, not just the shows that you're in the same category with, at the Emmys, but just the state of TV in general right now. What do you, what do you guys feel when you just kind of take a general look around, you're watching things on your own? I, What did I see you tweeting about the other day that you were Paper watching Girls? Girls? Paper, Paper Girls. Paper yeah. Girls? Yeah, just the general state of TV and how you, like what are you inspired by that's on? and? I think like the thing with TV
7: right now is that they're used to be such a small number of shows that got to be made and so inherently that meant fewer voices got to be heard and such a wonderful thing about this kind of peak TV moment is that there's more shows and there's more kinds of shows which means there's more voices and more stories that get to be told. So I think what's what's great about the, how many shows there are is like there's just so much variety in terms of tone and the stories they're telling and whose lives we're allowed to look at and who gets to portray them and who we mm-hmm. see represented on screen. So I think as a creator, it's really inspiring to see that because it kind of makes the world feel like the possibilities are much mm-hmm. more open than maybe they were 10 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago. I mean,
6: we, you know, when we pitched the show, we were, we were hopeful, but we didn't know if anyone would want to make a show about... A woman in her seventies and a twenty five year old queer person. You know, it's not a show that you're like, that's a definite green <laughs> yeah. light but thank God HBO really understood it and, yeah. and wanted us to make it.
0: Of course with that many shows also it's like hard sometimes to find your audience and yeah. we've been so lucky that People have told a friend or emailed, uh, you know, a group of friends or posted or, or about it. Their mom yeah, or, or Yeah, Watch with their families and just, like, I mean, obviously we've had great support in terms of HBO Max and Universal, but also, like, so much of the reason that this show, I think, has gotten to people is because other people have told people about it. And yeah. so for us, like, that's a thing you can't control in any way, especially because there's so many shows out there. So that, like, we're just so, like, grateful that that it's connecting
2: people and they've told a friend mm-hmm. well and yeah and I asked that question because you know obviously your show is a show about uh, the industry in many ways not exactly mm-hmm. TV um, yeah. but you know there are, there are elements of uh, you know Hollywood and, and yeah. TV making in it of course um, so it, on those levels I think you know th- there's certainly something that people in town want to watch and because they can relate to mm-hmm. but then beyond that was there ever a worry like how do we get people who don't live here to understand what's going on
6: I think one of the things that we thought was an asset was that it was in Las Vegas because it's mm. really about these women who are, like, thrown out of show business. And yeah. even though it's, it is about the, the industry and um, entertainment at large, you know, this lady who had to make her name in Vegas, and everybody's visited Vegas, and so mm. I think because of that, it's also really universal to be like, um, oh, these are people that are pushed out, but they get back up and they keep trying. Mm. And I think, like that spirit that both Ava and Deborah have of like getting back up and just trying mm-hmm. is something that it, it doesn't matter if you're in the business or- That feels you're universal. The teacher, yeah, they're yeah.
0: both outsiders. Mm-hmm. And I think even like Jimmy and Kayla are also both outsiders at the management company where mm-hmm. they work and that's something you see this season that they just don't fit in there anymore so they go out on their own and now they're mm-hmm. outsiders. And. I think that's really what the show's about, actually, more than anything. is It's less to us about the industry, more about people who are on the fringes, who have to kind of band together to, to find their voice.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, season three, I know you've been working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, momentarily there uh, mm-hmm. people thought oh no what is happening to HBO Max are our <laughs> favorite shows <laughs> including you know Hacks and Peacemaker and you know yeah. all, all these others that people were talking about thought it was, uh, they were going to go away as far as you guys know everything mm-hmm. is safe right um, yes. so full steam ahead yes. on season three yes. um, I mean what at all can you say about like will it be a little more self-contained like how do you go bigger than being on the road I guess is what I'm saying
6: hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
7: Um, What can we tease, what can we tease?
2: Well, have you fully broken the
6: season? We have, well, we're in the
2: midst yeah, of breaking we know how it out. ends. We know how it ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. We
6: do know how it ends.
7: And we know how it begins. Yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. It's that goddamn middle. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm actually
0: kidding.
7: We actually yeah. do know the middle. <laughs> I think bigger in the sense that Debra's had this great success. Yeah. So you're going to yes. see more yeah. eyes are on you're, her. More eyes are on mm. her. You're gonna her see. world
6: is much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Her oh, world, oh, is, yeah, her really world is
7: bigger because of her success that you saw in season two. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So she there are more eyes on Deborah than ever before. And yet
6: at least where we begin and where we left last season, she's not with Ava. So right. she's being seen and, and by a lot of people, but you know, she's not seeing mm-hmm. someone who was really close to her. Mm hmm, at least when we begin. Mm-hmm.
2: Got it, got it. Okay, and Hannah's not fired, so we know she's still around. She's not
0: fired. <laughs> no, she's not fired. Not, no, she's, fired. Not, she's, not, she's not fired from our show. She's fired from Deborah's show. Like, right, but, right, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and no lawsuits. So right now it's a question yeah, of yeah. when do I really get to see her again? Yeah. yeah. That is, when that and, that how. Is when hanger, and how? When and how? Yeah. Exactly. And what context? Right. Uh, all right. Well, Good I guess girl. we're going to have months to wait for that, I suppose. Yeah, what's your pitch? I mean, I don't know team? how I would get them back together. I, I think I, when I was talking to them, um, you know, I thought, like, I think it would still be really incredible to see Deborah have a full circle moment and get her late night talk show. Mm-hmm. And then Whoa. Ava be, like, running the daggone show, mm. uh, to, you know, to some okay. extent or, or work mm-hmm. her way up and or be her head writer or something like that. Um, but then I wonder like, is that too obvious? But is the obvious okay? Mm. That's the, like, that's, Excellent those are, questions. right. Those These are, are the all questions, questions that we yeah? ask ourselves. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm, well, <laughs> I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, what, what month is this, August? August, 11th. Yeah, good yeah, Lord, that means we have like eight months at least, right?
6: Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> all right. Production probably starting winter, In early. Winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: winter, yeah.
2: Well, don't take them out to, like, 19 degrees, um, no, uh, Grand Canyon to again. again. <laughs> we never do, no, so. do that again.
6: So. Been there, done that. that, yeah. was a mistake. Yeah. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it, it was a beautiful crazy, shot.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. It was so yeah. important for the story. Such a great yeah. moment, yeah. I mean, part. the, the, I almost said the boat, the, the ship. Ooh the <laughs> oh boy, yeah, oh, yeah, oh boy, yeah. people would have been yelling at me. I mean, that episode was just... So phenomenally funny. Thank you. Uh, I, I know that's Ava's episode, Jean's episode, the click. Uh, I mean first of all her stuff with Devin. Which is more dramatic but yeah, incredible. But, me, yeah, yeah. but when she has fun. that moment on fun. stage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. and just goes with the flow, goes with the reaction, mm-hmm. it's such I it just I mean it's the, the it's titled so appropriately yeah. the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um because yeah. it's great to see that happen and how she runs with it. And her entire like mood changes yeah, yeah, because yeah, of it. So I'm glad
6: you connect also the title with that moment because we had a line of dialogue where she said, that's it, it clicked. We took that line out. Mm-hmm. And you never know if people are going to remember the episode title when they're watching, but mm-hmm. that is, you know, that is the moment.
2: And Jane Addams is so good in that oh, one yeah. too. Know, she she is uh, unbelievable. She's
6: amazing. Whirling dervish. <laughs> <is> so talented. <laughs> yeah.
2: so uh, talented. That, that pyramid so scheme. Uh, well, uh,
6: <laughs> <laughs> she's in trouble.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In trouble. she really is. Uh, well, congratulations is on in all trouble. of it. Yeah, major
6: Helped trouble. Help her, <laughs> <laughs> seriously.
2: Yeah, I don't because I don't know if Ava can help her. Yeah. I don't she, she wouldn't allow it probably uh, from her no. no what is what does her daughter know um, yeah well congratulations <laughs> on Thank all of it so thanks to so you, guys Thank Thank you, so you guys for your time Thank Thank you so
3: you yeah.
2: okay so I, I am just going to say i think it's it's a safe assumption that gene smart is probably going to win again i could see a world where quinta brunson takes her category but i will say the work that she does on that show because she has to uh toe that line between drama and comedy on this series granted it is the comedy category so uh, I thought it was interesting hearing her her reasoning for the episode that she chose when you see her uh during that stand-up set just realize like wait a minute I'm not being I'm not being funny right now I'm asking people to have a pity party for me and she figured out how to she Deborah figured out how to make fun of herself uh, which she was always kind of so reluctant to do um but she just goes with the flow the cruise episode is so good i understand why she had a hard choice and i understand why hannah went with that one um it's just such good material
3: yeah i think it was such a smart choice for hannah but i I know that Jean says it's not because of the Devin Sawa stuff, but I think that was a really <laughs> strong element to that episode as well. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, that's an interesting side to that character that mm-hmm. if you only watched the episode that she submitted for season one, you're like, Oh, I'm seeing new shades, all of that. So you're seeing yeah. growth from her. I think that's, that was a fantastic choice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people often do win in the comedy category for dramatic material. I will say what was so funny to me about the Devin Sawa stuff. If we're going to find the comedy in it, it's when Deborah walks out into the living room and his, uh, his roommates are playing video games. Uh, and she's like, excuse me, you're sitting on my fur. And <laughs> she just like has that bit of a, like, yeah, that's right. I just slept with a younger man. You guys are idiots. I'm going on my way. Um, she's so good i I love her and i cannot wait to see uh what season three brings especially since they teased that her world is bigger and a lot more eyes are going to be on her so and and i'm glad that hannah's not fired Uh, yeah exactly exactly um quick question for you do you think they will eventually give deborah uh her her talk show that she will eventually come back
3: and have a late night talk show. Oh, I mean, I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it, uh but now I think you get probably spoiled the series finale for us cuz I feel like that's <laughs> where I feel like that's where it ends or that's like season 5. Like it's all about the yeah. talk show and launching it and and right. it has to show run and yeah
2: that's that's ava yeah yeah. that's no that's exactly what i told him she would be her producer gene likes the idea because she was like think of all the guest stars we'd get to have come through um so i don't know she likes the idea but you know the uh those showrunners they they kept their kept their lips sealed on that one um but we'll just have to wait and see we have season three will be like in april we got a long way to go um but you know what just go watch season two again because it's that gosh darn good um (laughs) yeah anyway uh folks that is it for this episode of the awardist uh patrick as always thank you so much for joining me well thank you for asking of course uh if you guys liked what you heard please do follow rate the podcast and leave us an award-winning review on apple podcasts and to keep the conversation with us going you can follow entertainment weekly on all socials we're at ew on twitter and at entertainment weekly everywhere else you can also tag me at jared hall we will see you right back here next week This episode of the Awardist podcast is hosted by Jared Hall, produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio, edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.